Here's a crew perfectly comfortable using Baylor twine as a belt. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our show. I'm Nate Zimdars filling in for Pam Yonke today. Hope everyone was able to get outside and enjoy the beautiful weather that we are experiencing across much of the state this weekend. The sun was shining, and it looks like that'll continue maybe for a couple of days. We're going to talk with our egg meteorologist, Stu Muck, later in the program and get an update on when our next chance of rain is going to be. Also coming up in the program, we are going to hear from Jill Welke. She speaks with Sean Creviston up in the Chippewa Valley area on the use of drones in agriculture. We're also going to be hearing from Chad Zuliger of the Dairy Business Association. I had the opportunity to speak with him about several of the wins that dairy saw in the most recent state budget that was just signed this last week. Stay tuned, everyone. we got an exciting show ahead, and we're excited to kick off our Monday with you. It's full steam ahead for this year's Wisconsin Farm Technology Days at the Badger Steam and Gas Engine Showgrounds in Baraboo. This year's event features over 100 things to do on the grounds, plus several farm tours and more than 500 exhibitors. There's a taste of Wisconsin food showcase, new innovations, music and comedy, horse demonstrations, and of course, ag ventures for kids of all ages. Mark your calendars July 18th through the 20th. Bring the whole family. For more, go to wifarmtechdays.com. Technology has changed so much in just the past few years. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I caught up with Sean Creviston. He is part of CVTC, part of the software developer program and the drone certification program. Drones are really becoming more instrumental in the agriculture world. And I've got a guy that can tell me even more about it. So how are the drones being used in agriculture right now? Over the last couple of years, a lot of the technology that we used to have for satellites or manned aircraft has become small enough and cheap enough to run on drones. Uh, we can use the drones to do uh, crop health analysis using the multispectral drones. Uh, they're pretty small packages. They fly uh, for a few hours. You can map out many acres uh, of field uh, really quickly. And then we can use the uh, plant health analysis maps to then uh, guide the spray drones to tell them where to uh, spray chemicals uh, or fertilizers. So you're getting those littler drones out there to do the mapping. Yep. And they're helping out the big drones find things. But is there a connection between the drones and the big sprayers to help them out to know where to spray the product? For sure. So the mapping process is kind of independent. Uh, so once you do a mapping of the field and then you have that plant and plant health analysis map, uh, you can then upload that to different equipment. Uh, so it's not specifically just for the spray drones, but you can definitely uh, create the prescription maps to run on the largest boom trucks uh, as well. Something that I find interesting is they can really kind of pinpoint within a field. Does that help the spray drone get just to that one spot? Yeah, for sure. You could definitely uh, isolate a specific section if you want to just target that, uh, or if you have a small crop and you just want to do uh, different tests uh, and mix just small batches of chemicals instead of mixing large batches. Um, you can just do a small little batch on the spray drone, test it out, see how it works, uh, and then take that information to apply it to your larger crops. And the drones have been used for mapping, see what kind of pests are out there that need to be controlled. 
are the drones able to see how productive those acres are? Like how many bushels they're going to yield and that kind of thing? So looking for yield counts is one of the newer features that a lot of the software packages are starting to work on. Um, trying to do tree counts or yield counts. It's still a maturing technology on that front from what I've seen. Uh, it has been getting a lot better in the last year or so, uh, but there's still, I think, a little bit room for improvement uh, before you can get uh, really definitive answers. I'm sure some of the folks that work with those uh, programs day in and day out on the field, uh, you know, they're working hard to get those more accurate every day. And we've been talking about drones with mapping the fields and figuring out where the pests are. Can a drone map a field to tell you which part of the crop is in need of more fertilizer? Yeah, so that's what they primarily do. The multispectral drones uh, primarily look at the plant health itself. Uh, so that's going to be looking for the photosynthesis. Uh, we're comparing the different channels uh, of light, incoming light that come in and bounce off the plant uh, to determine if it's uh, healthy or not. And that's going to relate to uh, either needing more water or fertilizer or ground conditions uh, or something to do with the plant itself. Uh, and then you could also use some of the drones to finding weeds and stuff like that. Uh, so if you have crop that's supposed to be a little bit more individual and then you got all the weeds growing in between, you could look at the coverage there uh, to determine how much uh, you might need to uh, spray or if it's becoming a problem where you need to go out and, and take care of the weeds as well. And we're talking a little bit about the programming does every certain weed need to be programmed into the drone so it knows? So that part is another one of the kind of emerging features uh, that, that people are working on is, is really trying to figure out what are the capabilities that we can do with the drone? How fine grain can we get? Uh, right now, if you were to fly over, say, a crop field, like a corn, corn field, um, it's going to give you a really nice baseline uh, of, like sections of the field as, as far as how well those sections are doing. Um, you can probably get down to, um, you know, say a couple feet by a couple feet uh, for as far as the precision goes. Uh, you're not really looking for an individual at that point. Uh, if you're going to do some crop scans over an orchard, uh, then you're looking for more of the individual needs uh, instead of the collective whole. Uh, so typically we would fly the drones a little bit lower uh, so that we can try to uh, separate those from the neighboring trees uh, to be able to identify uh, more of the individual needs. So we've gone from corn crops to orchards, and you said something about counting trees too. How can a drone do that? Yeah, so if you fly low enough to be able to separate the trees, uh, some of the software starting to uh, be able to do stand counts or tree counts. Uh, like I said, it's it's still kind of that emerging uh, area. It's still being refined and matured, uh, but it's it's coming. It's getting there. It's and now we've talked about just flying those drones, but you have to be certified. What does it take to become certified in flying a drone? Yeah, so everybody's going to start off kind of at that recreational level. You have to get started. You have to learn the basics, uh, the controls, and everything like that. Uh, so the FAA has uh, a ex uh, recreational exam called the Trust. Uh, that exam is free. It's online. Uh, there's plenty of providers uh, that offer it around the country, CVT, CVTC being one of them, uh, and it takes about 15 minutes to do. Uh, we have a recreational course, uh, part of our drone training program, where students come in. They actually learn how to fly. We go outside. We fly the drones. We learn all the features, how to be safe, 
uh, and all the regulations. Once you finish the recreational side, you can then move on to the commercial side, and that's going to be known as the Part 107 exam. Uh, so that license is needed for doing any commercial work. So that would be related to our CBTC's second drone class, the Com Commercial Operations course. Uh, so again, we go through uh, much more in-depth on the regulations, what it's needed to uh, pass that 107 exam, and then we also spend a good deal of time outside flying the drones, uh, doing different missions related to what you would see in uh, the commercial space. Uh, and then lastly, for the agricultural side, we have our drone applications course, which goes over more of the mapping, image processing, um, and kind of that analysis side. Uh, and if you're going to be using the drones, the spray drones specifically, you would need a uh, 137 license, uh, which is uh, being able to carry the chemical on a flying vehicle. Uh, so it kind of overlaps with uh, like this crop dusters um, that way. That process has been from the FAA has been kind of difficult over the past few years to get to that level, um, but I, they have just introduced some new uh, legislation that's going to hopefully make that process a little bit more easier for farmers uh, to get into the spraying side. And have you seen a big uptake in the demand for drone flyers? Uh, yeah, so we have two different resellers in uh, kind of the, the area, the Midwest area, Maverick Drone Systems and AgriSpray Drones, and they've both stated that they've had really strong sales for uh, the spray drones uh, this year. The equipment is, is becoming reliable, mature enough to actually make it uh, feasible. Uh, you're not going to compete with the large spray boom trucks for uh, the super large fields, uh, but for all the, uh, the small crops, the side ones, the ones on a hill, ones that are hard to reach, your test crops, um, those are becoming a lot more competitive uh, in those areas. So the spray drones have been out there and being tested out a bit. Have you heard of any issues with the flying or what they're able to carry? Yeah, so the spray drones have been around for a couple of years now. Um, the first one was probably around 2020, and that was kind of, I'd say, more of like the test version, right? Uh, and so they've definitely matured uh, outside of the United States uh, is gained traction a little bit faster than what we have, mostly because of the regulations in the way. Uh, but it's definitely uh, growing here as well. And we've talked about them not being able to compete with the boom trucks and being able to spray large areas. How much can a spray drone carry and spray at one time? So the largest one right now uh, is going to be the DJI T40, and that's going to be 40 liters. Uh, and so one of the other limiting factors with the drones is the battery life. Uh, so on these big drones, they're heavy, they're carrying a lot of chemical. You get about a 10-minute flight, uh, which seems pretty short, but that's also roughly the amount of chemical that it can carry. Uh, so when you're flying the big spray drones, you're basically going to make one big long pass down a field, make one big long pass back, stop, refill up the chemicals, replace the batteries, and then do another big pass, and it's kind of back and forth. Uh, now that seems kind of like a slow process, but the batteries charge in just about the same amount of time as you use them uh, with these really big chargers. Uh, so you can run them continuously all day long with just you know three, four sets of batteries. But that is one of the limitations. Uh, Battery technology is definitely getting better, 
keeping an eye on the electrical vehicle space because they're the ones that are kind of pushing new battery technology and that's just going to benefit the drones. So hopefully in the next few years, that flight time will increase. When we talked about the benefits being able to be specific, do you see that there's a lot less uh, crop damage with the drones compared to the trucks? Yeah, so the drones don't touch the crop at all. They fly over top. Uh, so if you have a heavy rainstorm and you're planning to go out and spray some stuff and there's a whole bunch of mud on the field, obviously the truck is going to you know, make an imprint on there. Uh, or if it's early spring, you might get stuck. Uh, the drone flies over top, never touches anything. Um, the prop wash... <clears throat> The prop wash from the drone uh, does a really good job on pushing the chemicals down into the plants as well. Uh, typically, they only fly, um, you know, 15, 20 feet above the crop, if that. Uh, so that, that works really well to get that chemical into the plant. Well, those drones, I think we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of them. Thanks for teaching me some more about the drones. We'll look forward to seeing them at Farm Technology Days. And that was Sean Creviston. He's part of the CVTC program and knows a whole lot about drones. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. No producer wants to wake up to a sick animal, and I know firsthand. BioVet is your solution for healthy sure animals. Can. A lot of care and a good dose of science goes into every formulation so you can minimize problems and keep your livestock out of the hospital pen. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. This looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat and back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% .9 of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Time now for your Compere Financial Egg Weather Update with Stu Muck. Stu, it was a wonderful weekend. The sun was shining, temperatures were all right. Great weekend for anybody who wanted to get outside and do some yard work or just spend some time enjoying the great outdoors. And it looks like 
Today, tomorrow, it's going to be much of the same. When is our next chance of rain? Next chance does show up already uh, later tomorrow, Nate. I think maybe that's some good news, too. Temperatures are going to get a lot warmer today. I know the crops are starting to look a lot better, but I'm sure we could use more rain in the fields. There's no doubt. Now, a cool front's dropping into northern Minnesota this morning. There is some scattered rainfall up in northern, especially northeast Minnesota, north of Lake Superior. That activity will progress further south during the day. North central Wisconsin, I'm thinking uh, north of Wausau. They're probably going to talk about showers and storms even late today or this evening. That front continues to push south. We get a chance of a little rain late tonight, well after sundown, toward midnight and later, or just into early tomorrow morning, tenth of an inch or two, maybe a little heavier in western Wisconsin, a quarter or half inch. But that front dropping through will cool it off. Today, very warm. Could call it hot as we head toward 90 by tomorrow and certainly by Wednesday, we drop back toward the upper 70s, a little cooler, still with a few scattered showers into midweek. Not going to be a great week for haymaking. Certainly a pretty good week, though, to add a little moisture to the situation a little bit at a time with a cooler air mass in store. I'll have forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away State Fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com win and enter to win State Fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. At the University of Wisconsin-Madison, agriculture is in our nature. It's where our research feeds our families, as well as our economy. Where we're not just growing our food, we're growing our futures. Where world-class education and innovation begin. Because you can't stop a badger. All right, Stu, looking at our talk text line, we didn't have a whole lot of action over the weekend. Nobody was really responding. We didn't have much of a rainfall, but I know that's going to be changing in the days ahead. And what I'm curious to know is when would be the best time for folks to get out there and enjoy some of those county fairs? Because we got a couple of county fairs coming up here in the next week. Down here in the uh, southern part of the state, we got the Lafayette County Fair. We also got the uh, Saw County Fair. Well, unfortunately, Nate, I think toward the end of the week, that slight chance of a little pop-up shower, maybe an isolated storm lingers. We're going to have to be ready for county fair. The weather could change at any time, and that may be just how things work out here, especially for later in the week. Today's sunny, a little breezy at where it gets hot. Very upper 80s and low 90s, probably 92 or better in western Wisconsin. Southwest winds 5 to 15. Partly cloudy, a late night shower, thunderstorm lasts into early tomorrow. Nighttime lows dropping into the upper 60s. And tomorrow, I expect daytime highs. Maybe a few of us in the low 80s could be an upper 70 in eastern Wisconsin. North winds tomorrow at 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy Wednesday, a few scattered showers, maybe an isolated storm in the day, a tenth of an inch or so of rain, but mid and upper 70s for highs. And then we head back into the 80s, though, for Thursday and Friday. So still sounds like summer, Nate, and still that chance of a little scattered rain even toward the end of the week.
Doesn't sound like a bad weather forecast at all. And thank you for that update, Stu. That's your Compeer Financial Ag Weather Update. Compeer Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compeer.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When you walk into Blaine's Farm and Fleet, you'll find friendly, helpful service, great prices, and brand name products like Neutrina Feed. Right now, when you buy three bags of select Neutrina Feed, get one free. Keep your barn cool this summer with a 42-inch half-horsepower, two-speed portable barrel fan on sale $379.99. And stock up on Tribute Feed. Right now, select bags are a dollar off. The The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank-you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. Actuate LLC. Design, create, actuate. Huge amounts of time sitting incorrectly in the office can easily give that slouch an ouch. This is Zach from Office Furniture Warehouse. Help your back pain, neck pain, and eye strain with adjustable desks, chairs, or dual arm monitor mounts from Office Furniture Warehouse. Name brand office furniture with warehouse pricing allows us to create better workspaces for America's workforce. For healthy choices without the ouch, visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor, but it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. 
We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. We do have a tweet that I want to bring up. Mick C at Moundsview MC at Rowdy Razor 10 and 2 and beat Ohio State. Zach, get into Ebo's desk stash. Have you been in Ebo's desk stash? I don't because know what, I don't know you in, did say I don't know what is is in his desk stash. I, honestly, in our desks, I think it's a lot of um, pens that don't work and okay. paper clips. So he added you, but didn't added me. That's kind yes. of messed up. You know, I that's, think that's a, maybe he was taken back by the fact move. that you said they were going to beat Ohio State and go ten and two. Because I, I think if. Most people were to hear that the Wisconsin Badgers would be 10 and 2, especially with the hype around the Luke Fickle era starting and some of the recruiting. And you look at the schedule, I think a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, they're going 10 and 2. Look at that schedule. This team's going to be good. Look at the guys we're bringing in. Like, that's easy to say. But to go 10 and 2 and beat Ohio State, that's interesting. Why not? Why not us? Other than what you saw last year. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, you but saw you, it last year and you saw the spring game. See, and that's the problem. That's all you guys saw was the spring game or the spring scrimmage. That's all you saw. And that's fine. I had the opportunity to see 14 other practices. The offense was much better in those practices than they were in that spring game. Then Tanner, Tanner Mordecai, Mordecai was throwing much, a bunch of picks. Tanner Mordecai did not throw four interceptions uh, in any other practice uh, like he did in that <laughs> scrimmage. Um, I, so that's that's where my confidence is. My co- but the confidence with Ohio State, it's just it's it's a feeling more so than it, something that's actually going to happen. Uh, Wisconsin at night against Ohio State at Camp Randall, it's just different, and as Big as these losses have been at Ohio State last year and obviously in 2019, every single game against Ohio State at home at Camp Randall in the last 20 years has been a one score, has come down to one score game or Wisconsin, you know, winning, <sighs> right? So, I mean, we can go back to some of those games like the, the JT Barrett year with Al- 2016 in overtime. They should have won that game. Yes, they should have. They should have won that game. 
Or or how about the Big Ten Championship? Now, I know that's not Madison, but that's neutral. Just in 2019. Yeah. That, that game probably should have been won. Up 21-7, to and they don't score again. They lose 34-21, to I think it was. But, yeah. But you think about every game at Camp Randall. 2012, overtime. 2010, they beat them. 2008, uh, right down to the wire. 2003, Leash, uh, uh, Matt Shaber to Lee Evans. Like, those, all those games, right down to the wire at Camp Randall. So I think it's going to be a close game at Camp Randall. Why wouldn't Wisconsin have a chance to win it? They'll be right there. That's where my thought is when it comes to this this team. And Ohio State does not have C.J. Stroud anymore. I don't know if anybody knows that or not. He got taken. Uh, they have good quarterbacks. I was going to say they've pretty much rolled no, out. That's fine, but they do not have like a they do not have a C.J. Stroud in that quarterback room right now. When's the when's the last time Ohio State J.T. Barrett hasn't? Yeah, but J.T. Barrett was still a highly. He was, he was horrible in 2016 again in that championship. Yeah, game. but he was a highly thought of prospect oh they've they always have highly thought that's what i'm saying like when's the last time ohio state hasn't had a big time quarterback was craig krenzel thought of as being that great he looked like a pretty that was 20 years ago i know but that's like that's how far back he made the nfl they he won a national title with him some people would say that they were handed a national title i would say that for sure but that's what i'm going like i'm thinking that's where i'm going back to when i'm not thinking of a athletic, good, highly touted quarterback at Ohio State. Look, Kyle McCord is the quarterback. He's a four-star recruit, really good player. I should say likely <laughs> going to be their player. Let me just say, I'm going back 20 years to find a guy that doesn't feel very highly touted, and then we're like, yeah, but he did win a national title. He did. <laughs> like He did. I mean, again, I had a national title against Miami in, that, uh, in the end zone. Very questionable pass interference call. But look at some of the players that were around him. I mean, there were some insanely talented players that were yeah. around him. Um, they've Since Urban Meyer came there, they've had some really, 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 really good quarterbacks. Like, it went, what, Terrell Pryor into Braxton Miller? Bringing home the bacon. Literally, this is the Midwest Farm Report. With Wisconsin being America's Dairyland... It would make sense that dairy takes a priority in the state budget when it comes to agriculture. The budget that was just signed by Governor Tony Evers has several initiatives that were championed by the Dairy Business Association that will positively impact dairy all across the state of Wisconsin. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report, and I spoke with Chad Zuliger. He is the Director of Government Affairs for the Dairy Business Association. He shares a couple of the different initiatives that were passed and how that will affect their members. Chad, what policy initiative supported by DBA received funding this session? Well, the state legislature um, took on everything related to financing for the state, and, and we were really pleased with a number of initiatives they took up and prioritized, uh, particularly around the environment and, and sort of the efforts our members are engaged with uh, in conservation sustainability practices. Um, some items like cover crops, cover crop premium insurance rebates, um, saw a significant increase in funding, a very popular program in other states. Uh, we just uh, introduced that program last budget, and uh, I think they saw the, the value of that and the participation in, in the program, uh, increasing cover crop acreage throughout the state, and they doubled the funding from 800000 to uh, $1.6 million 
um, in the next biennium. So that, that's, a, that's a great program, uh, incentivized uh, planting of cover crops, and uh, I think that was, a, that was a really good one. And then a nitrogen optimization pilot program that studies the impacts of commercial fertilizer on farmland. Uh, right now it's just related to commercial fertilizer, uh, but again, that saw a pretty significant increase uh, over last budget uh, allocation, and they're looking at $1 million in each year of the biennium funding for that program. So uh, those are two particular programs that uh, I think were identified and uh, seized upon by this legislature. And I know that there was also some added funding for some current grant programs and also the Dairy Innovation Hub. Can you speak to that? Yeah, the Dairy Innovation Hub is something we're very thrilled to be continuing uh, our association with, and, and we participate uh, with that group a lot. Um, continued funding of $7.8 million, that's built-in funding in the UW's budget. Uh, the ongoing funding uh, just really shows the interest by the legislature in the research being conducted in, in key component areas like land and water, community development, um, research, uh, and, and other areas. But, uh, yeah, really just a significant investment by the state uh, to, to maintain our position as America's dairy land and really do the good work of research uh, promoting new practices and uh, coming up with new uh, avenues for, for producers and processors to thrive in our state. Is the Dairy Business Association happy with the amount of funding that was received for these various programs, or were you hoping that perhaps there could have been a little bit more? Well, I think overall we're very pleased. It's always a mixed bag when you're talking about a $91 billion state budget, and, and certainly there were areas we thought there could have been additional resources allocated. Um, the county conservation staffing is one area um, we were disappointed, didn't receive uh, adequate funding, we believe. Uh, the state formula for county conservation officers in all 72 of Wisconsin's counties um, is funded by at 100% for the first position, 70% for the second, and 50% for the third, and positions thereafter. And uh, it, it's traditionally been woefully underfunded, and we were hoping to get some increase, even incremental increases in funding for those positions that work directly with our farmers in the field and act as partners um, in looking at sustainability practices, and also as a conduit uh, with the federal government and USDA programs that provide funding for different uh, uh, sustainability practices that, that farmers can implement in their fields. And the producer-led watershed grant program is something that's been uh, tremendously popular and effective in our state. Uh, farmers talking to farmers peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, sharing of best practices and, and, and getting farmers to engage with one another, uh, talking about what works, what doesn't work, and really gives them ability to try different practices and, and succeed and fail and move on to different practices. Uh, but really a tremendously popular program in the state legislature, uh, already oversubscribed in the grant money that is available. And uh, we were hoping to get a little bit additional funding. I think we were asking for 500000 over the biennium increase funding for that. And that was held static. We really appreciate the, the interest in these programs, but I think we need to do a little bit more work um, in the remainder of this session to uh, see if we can get some supplemental funding into that program. Are there any other programs that weren't passed this session that you're going to plan to advocate for in the fall legislative session? Yeah, I think farmland preservation. In Wisconsin, we've got a unique program that really incentivizes the, the maintenance of uh, production agriculture land to keep that land in production. Um, needs to be modernized and adapted uh, going forward, and, and we'd really like to see some increased uh, funding.
funding, uh, shrinking our, our brackets for the different tiers of, of ag, agricultural land um, from three groups to two, and then a slight increase from five to seven dollars, and then from seven to twelve dollars uh, for different types of, of ag land in that. But also reducing the, the time of participation from 15 years to 10 years to help incentivize farmers to participate in that program. That was Chad Zuliger, Director of Government Affairs for the Dairy Business Association, on several of the wins that dairy in Wisconsin saw in this most recent budget. We are looking forward to seeing how these various policies and funding will positively affect dairy in Wisconsin. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report. Time now for your Monday market numbers. Cash corn is trading at four ninety and three quarters, up three and a half cents. December 2023 corn is trading at 497 and 3 quarters, up 3 and a quarter cents. Cash soybeans is trading at 1445 and a half, up 17 and 3 quarter cents. November 2023 beans is trading at 1331 and a half, up 13 and 3 quarter cents. September 2023 wheat is trading at 650 and 3 quarters, up 1 and a quarter cents. August class 3 milk contract is trading at 1451 a hundredweight, down a cent, and September milk is trading at 15.75 up 13 cents. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's jeweler. Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Sweet of Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In Wisconsin, we love our cheese. More importantly, we love to share the love we have of our cheese. And there is a brand new event coming up later this year 
that's designed to do just that. This message brought to you courtesy of our friends from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, our hardworking dairy farm families, and their dairy checkoff contributions, making all kinds of research, education, and promotion possible. And one way that we're going to be promoting our Wisconsin dairy is coming up this September 29th through October 1st, the inaugural Art of Cheese Festival is coming to downtown Madison. Rachel Kerr, the Senior Director of Brand Marketing for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, is along with us. I'm excited just at the title of this event, Rachel. Tell me a little bit about the brainstorming that went on to pull this idea together. You bet. We couldn't be more excited to finally bring the Art of Cheese Festival to life this fall here in Wisconsin. Um, We know that art Cheese making is both a science and an art, and so it just made sense for us to put together a celebration of Wisconsin dairy and Wisconsin cheese here in the capital of Wisconsin, something that will attract people from not just the the area, but bring people from all around the country together to celebrate our pride and history and heritage of Wisconsin dairy and Wisconsin cheese. So we are really, really thrilled to be able to put this on in the fall. Excellent. Like we said, folks, mark the dates down. It's coming up September 29th through October 1st. Paint the picture for me, Rachel. What is this all about? What are we going to get a chance to do? So this is a whole weekend of various experiences, all meant to give people a behind-the-scenes and up-close look into Wisconsin cheese. Meet the people and the farmers and the and see the places that really make Wisconsin special. And so we're kicking off the weekend with a series of excursions where people will literally board a bus. They will get taken out to various creameries, to various dairy farms, to have various um, lunch experiences, of course, complete with Wisconsin cheese throughout the surrounding areas. So we're going to get people onto farms. We're going to get them into a creamery. We're going to get them up close and personal with the places that make Wisconsin special. And then that night, we were going to celebrate the whole weekend with the biggest event of the weekend, which we're calling the Wisconsin Cheese Ball. And that will be an all-out celebration of Wisconsin cheese, where we crown our Wisconsin cheese royalty and really celebrate what makes Wisconsin so special. Like you said, uh, cheese making is both a science and an art. Tell me a little bit about some of the cooperators. I mean, we've got a lot to offer when it comes to sampling and stories to tell. Tell me a little bit about how many different companies are going to be kind of represented in this Art of Cheese Festival, Rachel. Yeah, well, throughout the entire weekend-long series of events, we're going to represent, and the number keeps climbing, Oh my gosh, I can't even I can't even count how many dairy producers will be involved because um, there's an opportunity for any company selling cheese at um, to direct to consumer to have an opportunity to sample their cheese within this event. Um, on Saturday, we're going to have um, the one public event. So we all know about the Dane County Farmers Market, the largest producer only market in the in the country, and we're going to host an event called Cheese Fair Off the Square, where we're going to bring in additional dairy producers who are going to sell and sample their products um, at that event alongside the Dane County Farmers Market. We're calling that Cheese Fair Off the Square. So that'll be a great way to sample some cheeses you may have never tasted before, um, meet the producers, and really just have a great time celebrating cheese. And then the rest of the day, we've got a whole bunch of different events planned, everything from taking a class on the art of the cheese board or um, learning how to cook 
um, during the Art of Cooking with Cheese course. Or for those who, you know, enjoy a fine glass of wine, learn how to pair um, wine and cheese with a American-based cheese expert and um, wine aficionado. So we've brought together some of the most iconic people in the dairy industry um, to really teach and educate people through all these different seminars on Saturday. Again, if you're just joining us, this is Rachel Kerr. She is the Senior Director of Brand Marketing for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. We are talking about a new event coming to downtown Madison and really south-central south Wisconsin, September 29th through October 1st, The Art of Cheese. Now, tickets go on sale for this July 13th, so make sure that you are checking artofcheesefestival.com to find out about the itinerary and events, and more importantly, get those tickets, artofcheesefestival.com. Rachel, why did Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin decide this was the kind of event that they wanted to pull together? What are they hoping to accomplish? You know, we've done a lot of research over the years um, and really understanding our, our, our target, the people who are purchasing, you know, dairy products from Wisconsin. And what we discovered is that a lot of these people – um, are really willing to travel to a destination for an event. Um, in fact, 40% are willing to travel outside of their hometown for a pairing or tasting event. We also know these people who, who love cheese are really interested in traveling to a new restaurant in another city. Um, they, they're interested in going on food tours, and you know they want to visit a farm or a producer directly to really get up close and understand the story behind the products. And so... Just knowing all of this and knowing that when people visit Wisconsin and they get to meet the people, the farmers, the cheesemakers, they get to see the places, they become huge, passionate fans. Um, and that spreads. And so this festival is meant to celebrate all of that um, and really help support um, the, the incredible dairy industry that Wisconsin Wisconsin has. You know, I, I can just see people that are what I'd call foodies or the food fanatics, the people that are taking pictures of their plates when they're out dining or their charcuterie boards, that type of thing. I'm guessing that this kind of event is really something that they'll uh, have a bullseye on, huh? You bet. Those are exactly the type of people that we're targeting um, through all of our promotion of the event, we want to bring those people to Wisconsin who, again, don't just live here and around the state. They live in Chicago. They live in Minneapolis. They perhaps live in Brooklyn. Um, and they're just interested and willing to travel for these new and exciting food experiences. Now, I mentioned that this is a ticketed event, folks, because as uh, she pointed, as Rachel pointed out, you're going to be boarding a bus in some instances and traveling to a cheese uh, maker's location, traveling to a dairy farm. Uh, give me a little sense on availability of tickets, Rachel, and what we should be prepared for there. You bet. It's, you know, tickets are limited. So across the whole weekend, there's 26 individual ticketed events, but no, they are limited. So if you're interested in any of the events, you should absolutely go to the website, which is artofcheesefestival.com. You can read a brief summary about each of the individual events and see a snapshot of all the events throughout the weekend. So kind of plan your schedule accordingly um, and be ready on July 13th when tickets go on sale. Um, the excursions, for example, have a capacity of 40 people per. 
Um, and the classes and seminars range anywhere from 40 to 60 people, depending on the size of the venue. Um, the cheese ball, of course, though, that's going to be our biggest celebration. Um, we have room to accommodate up to 500 people at that event. So we're very excited to have that big celebration. And, you know, if you're, if you're local um, and, you, and you don't want to get one of the ticketed events or perhaps the event you want sells out, the Cheese Fair Off the Square is the one event that is open to cheese lovers of all ages. And we ex- and for free. Yeah, right. That's the perfect perfect price. And like you said, we do expect that although we love our cheese in Wisconsin, this is unique enough that we may get a lot of out of state visitors too. Exactly. That's really what we're hoping for and really targeting our um, promotion of the event to people outside of the state. Although I know there's quite the buzz. Um, locally as well. So we're excited to bring in folks from all over the country to really experience um, Wisconsin cheese in a way that they maybe never have before. Go on, go beyond the tasting and really, again, meet the people, meet the farmers, meet the cheesemakers, see the places, um, learn from experts um, that we're bringing in to, you know, teach these courses, have amazing meals made with literally the world's best Oh, man, it sounds fantastic. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel Kerr along with us, Senior Director of Brand Marketing for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. We are talking about a brand new event coming to Wisconsin, downtown Madison in south central Wisconsin, but open to literally the world. September 29th through October 1st, just in front of World Dairy Expo. It is the Art of Cheese Festival, and it is going to be a unique experience for consumers Cheesemakers, dairy farmers, foodies, everybody all together. Find more details and get those tickets now at artofcheesefestival.com. Artofcheesefestival.com. They go on sale beginning July 13th. As always, this creative event and a great way to channel checkoff dollars to expanding our market for Wisconsin dairy, brought to you courtesy of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Find out more at wisconsindairy.org. Along with Rachel Kerr for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, I'm Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. If a wheel on your bicycle is worn out, bent beyond repair, or perhaps missing, then Budget Bicycle Center's parts and service store next to McDonald's on Regent Street can help you. Hello, this is Roger, owner of the three very different Budget Bicycle Centers rolling along Regent Street. The large wheel racks in our store are full of wheels. Many are hand-built in Wisconsin.